Welcome to the Tri-State Space Program. This is the second half of my podcast with local reporter and musician Zach Evans. The next two podcasts, which will be released next week beginning on Sunday, feature two Louisville area hip-hop artists, Forrest Gumption and Bob Getz, who both belong to uh, the hip-hop collective Embrace the Hate. And then the one after that uh, features two of my Texas Tea bandmates, Sean and Travis, who have uh, both been on the podcast before, and then a couple of friends of the band who haven't. Uh, and we're just going to talk about some philosophical shit and uh, not really talk about music for once. Uh, but for now, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Zach Evans. being a musician you your main instrument is guitar correct yeah definitely okay definitely it's my baby because that's the thing that i uh uh, i remembered that uh from uh, us going to school together and uh working at the courier together but i uh i was thinking well the only instrument that you could feasibly have in a rock band and in a bluegrass band is guitar or maybe bass yeah, but then I yeah. remembered it was guitar. So yeah, I mean, what do you? What kind of guitar do you play? How long have you been playing? I've been playing guitar since I was thirteen, so thirteen years now, which sounds like a fucking long time now. That I say it out loud. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm as good as a person who's playing thirteen years worth of guitar, but um, I you know I love electric guitar. I love distortion and fuzz and just fucking cranking it up to 10 and you got a and, pedal board oh yeah i got a pedal board I, cool. I i'm a pedal junkie uh, i i try to build and modify my own pedals though i i end up fucking them up most of the time yeah but um you know i yeah i love uh modulating effects and phasers and waws and i have a whammy pedal which is like what tom morello and jack white used to get okay. that octave effect that nice piercing octave um awesome. and those are two of my guitar heroes tom morello and jack white oh but yeah they're um but you know, I, I'm, badass, I'm yeah. a finger picker. You know, I keep my nails oh, out so awesome. I can um, play acoustic. And uh, so my string bands, I'm predominantly guitar. But you know, um, I've kind of extrapolated that to other instruments like mandolin and banjo. So um, there's been bands where I played pretty much only banjo or uh, sorry, only mandolin. Um, but I, I like playing it all. Anything with strings, really, I'll play. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love it all. But. Uh, yeah, I love electric guitar. I love solos. What kind of electric guitar do you play? I, I guess have, that's what I wanted to oh, get Oh, I'm at, sorry. Really. Yeah, I have... No, no, no. Uh, I, just, I actually just bought one um, last year that I've been using mostly for my, my band now is a uh, Epiphone Les Paul Special SG, which... Um, Sweet. Les Paul Custom, sorry. Uh, it, which was, I guess, Les Paul, when he first designed his electric guitar, it was an SG shape but yeah it didn't catch on right away that first year so he scrapped it and had his more traditional d less paul yeah, yeah yeah um but epiphone remade it uh this less paul custom and it's this three pickup gold-plated humbucker sg and you know epiphone's a a subsidiary of gibson but you know how you can get like 
nice Epiphones are better than low end Gibsons. Yeah, and that's yeah, how this yeah. one is. It's it's smooth that's awesome, butter. Dude. I love it. Um, it's got great tone. Plays fast and everything. Yeah, oh yeah, and you, you know, those SGs you can go all up and down the neck because there's mm-hmm. nothing stopping you. It goes from from the the tuning pegs to all the way down to the body. You know, for fret. Yep, it's just uh, naturally cut away. Yeah, exactly. It, that's the yeah nature of the beast. Um, oh, I also man. have a, an Ibanez Artcore, which is a hollow body. Yeah. It's kind of like a Gretsch style um, electric guitar. So it's big. It's big. It's boxy. Okay. It can feedback like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't use that one as much anymore, though. I, I think I just need to get it reset up, and, and it has its place for sure. Those are my two go-to guitars. But I've been playing a guy's, my the other guitarist in my band, Dave Miller, I've been playing his Fender Stratocaster. Okay. It's like a, it's like a, Either an early 2000s or a late 90s model, um, yeah, I just love it. I'm gonna buy one. Yeah, I got. Strat, I yeah. never wanted a Fender Strat. Like, it's just, you know, everybody has a, a the Fender Strats are just kind of the you standard, know, stereotypical, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially for like blues and rock and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But man, there's a reason why they're coveted, and it sounds it is, fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah, Fender's. I'm a Tele guy. So yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know much about the Ibanez uh, models or the you know PRS models or anything, but uh-huh. um, I mean I like looking at them and you know I I just oh, never sure. to, you know set that to memory. Uh-huh. Uh, that's why I remember the Art Core being big, but uh-huh. then I had to ask you know. Right. Um. So you you're kind of a versatile. You don't have one guitar that you stick to. You have uh, what's your favorite of all of them? Uh, that you've ever played, you know, what style oh, of guitar is your is your top, like that you can play the best on, or however you man, decide. I, my, I think I really think I play better on acoustic, honestly. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and it's just it goes back to when I was really learning how to play uh, through middle school and high school. I couldn't plug in really, uh-huh. and I never had picks because uh-huh, okay. you fucking lose picks as you easily. Know, yeah, they're gone. <laughs> But so I just developed a finger picking style. So I can sit down on acoustic and just, you can make three chords just by picking them out. They sound just beautiful. So I, I, that's kind of what I feel like I'm probably best at is, is just uh, finger picking acoustic. That's awesome, man. Yeah. The, uh, what kind of acoustic? My, my acoustic, uh, right now that I use, um, why am I forgetting the name of this? What brand? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's, the, I, that's, that's why the thing. It's, it's dropping out of my head. Uh, is it a popular one, or is it a more off? No, it, I, wanna, I almost want to say Dean, but that's not right. I mean, I guess it could be. Uh, is it one of the weirder ones, or... Why can't I even think? Martin... No, it's not, it's not a big name. Takamini, is that how you pronounce that? I always said Takamine, and then someone... Uh, uh, corrected me, man. I Takamini. I don't know why I can't think of it. I do know it is a 1985 spruce top guitar. Oh, okay, okay. Um, why can't I? Remember? I mean, it's obviously not Gibson or Epiphone. No, or it is no Fender big name, and it wasn't expensive. Samick, maybe that's regional. I think it I might. Think. Honestly, I, I might have been a Dean. A Dean? That, yeah, I mean, that I could mean, be. The Dean makes uh, makes acoustics as but well. But I'll go home and I'll be like, how the fuck did I not remember this? But, well, uh, no, it's all yeah. good. Yeah, I, but. Um, it's something I really need to invest more in because I like to buy, you know, pedals and I'll yeah. buy a hundred dollar pedal here or something like that. But if I I need to save up and buy, you know, a nice professional acoustic instrument, yeah, um, something that can hold a candle to my electrics at least, you know, yeah, because um, like I was saying, it's it's my baby. Acoustic do you play plan. both in uh, in both bands? Or in the rock band, no, that? I just play straight electric. Okay, yeah. 
Um, the band I was in before that was my rock band was called Sneaky Pete. We had an okay, acoustic yeah, guitar yeah. player. I, I never played it, um, but we incorporated that sound because it was more southern jam rock. Um, but right now we're just going straight electric. I remember Sneaky Pete doing shows. I remember yeah. hearing about the shows. Sneaky I, Pete was fun. How man. long ago was that? Sneaky Pete, we played our last gig in 2013. Okay. okay. So it was pretty much... When did it start? Um, shit, maybe it was 2012. It was 2012, man, because that's when okay. I graduated. It started in 2011. It was short-lived. It was like a year and a half. May 2011 to end of the summer 2012. Okay. We played a lot of gigs and a lot of time. It, it was another one of those things where we had like an hour and a half of originals, but the rest was, were covers. Okay. Because um, we were, I mean, we were we just want to play music and, and make money. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was good stuff, man. It was, you know, like I said, Southern jam rock. So And it really f- awesome. catered to the region because, you know, everybody loves their Southern rock around here. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, um, so you said you, you pick out chords you said that's a uh, one of your you know interests yeah what uh do you play a lot of lead because that in it, to me that implies that you do a lot of arpeggio work and a lot of uh you know things like that sure uh that are kind of more rhythm uh you know the rhythm guitar would play that mm-hmm. where, you know but do you play a lot of lead is well in the in the well with the string band you know it's like you gotta be you gotta be all of them at the same time right because okay. there's only because there's no drum set so you gotta yeah. incorporate all those rhythms and sounds but then i'll take some leads um but i'll try to keep that that finger picking in there to to give it some texture i guess the sound give the sound something different you know so it's not just that strumming because that's kind of what the mandolin gets is that that uh, that snary pop and then the strums Mm -hmm. um but like with the rock band um you know I, i i've always kind of wanted to strike a balance between being lead and rhythm so, um, since there's two guitars, I don't like, I guess let me answer the question saying, I don't like to play leads over vocals too much. I mean, I know it has its place in studio recordings and stuff like that and, and fills and stuff, but I like to be able to, to have like a double rhythm almost. And I'll use, okay. and to, to compensate, I'll use different chord voicings. So like, for instance, just because one get the lead, the rhythm guitarist is playing a, a strumming a D, I'm not yeah. going to play it in the same position. I'm going to play it. And some other spot on the neck, you know, okay. to give it, yeah, yeah. just give it that different, uh, that that different. Um, I, I don't want to say texture again because that's a, one of those yeah, terms, yeah. but you know, give it that different sound. It's a different that's, tone. That sound, uh, yeah. uh, that warmth, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because if you're if uh, only really musicians are gonna know, or only guitarists are gonna know what I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. uh, like you're saying, if you're playing a D, like an open D, mm-hmm. then if someone else could be playing the power chord mm-hmm. or the actual full chord, mm-hmm. um, so there's there's a lot of ways you can do that, and the full chord uh, starting on the A string or the full chord starting on the E string and incorporating all six strings. Sure. So and they're all different. They all exactly. sound different, and they have a, a different. Uh, they cover a different spectrum. Mm-hmm. So there's that's the same chord it's the same notes if you break it down but it's three different ways to play it right and it makes it uh that that's part of the reason that guitar is so fun and yeah. that yeah. you were saying the the different chords uh that you you like to pick out a lot of chords which just totally reminds me of elliot smith which i believe oh, is a yeah. is a common yeah we've influence. talked about him plenty of yeah. times yeah uh yeah, fucking Elliot Smith, man. He's <laughs> he's got to be my top. He's he's, he's my fantastic. favorite. Fantastic. What are what are uh, what are some of your influences? Uh, some of my influences, other than Elliot Smith, because uh, we well, can talk about him. I want to. No, yeah, um, you know Bob Dylan, okay, uh, for sure. Neil Young, 
Um, Hank Sr. Okay. I know we're talking about Hank Third, but makes sense. Hank Sr.'s, you know, I love classic country. Oh, uh, definitely. And uh, um, Johnny Cash is a huge influence of mine. I, I got into Johnny Cash when I was learning how to play guitar, and I was learning Johnny Cash when Johnny Cash was in his the end of his life, so he was doing that. You the know, American albums? Yeah, working yeah, yeah. with Rick Rubin and, uh, you know, doing just crazy stuff. It was just solo acoustic. And but I got into the the earlier Johnny Cash stuff, too, the, the you know, your what people expect stuff to hear. that was in walk the line yeah ex- exactly <laughs> for most people that's where they're gonna know about you know uh-huh but you know uh jack white as i said before oh, yeah. it kind of covers both bases for me in terms of acoustic and songwriting and electric playing okay um he does I, for me too yeah uh there's a guy um this is this is my guy that's probably on point with your love of elliot smith and his name's towns van zandt have you ever heard of okay. towns i've heard of Ta- towns is a uh, like a singer-songwriter, singer-songwriter. Like, he's like okay. a guy, like, Bob, people Bob Dylan or those circles of people would have respected and appreciated. Okay. He never got big. Um, probably the, his biggest claim to fame would be the song Poncho and Lefty, which was made famous by Willie and Merle Haggard. Okay, yeah. Um, I've the, heard of the song. I don't know if I've heard it, but you, it, what about him do you really... I mean, is it is it is he just the trifecta, the lyrics... Guitar. He's a fucking poet, man. Yeah, he's a poet, voice. and he's a finger picker. And he's he's got that. I think it's just because I saw myself in it when the first time I heard it. Because I had been, I first time I heard him. Um, well, I, I guess I, the first time I heard him, I didn't realize I'd heard him. But he does the cover of um, Dead Flowers, Rolling Stones, Dead Flowers. Does the cover okay. of that at the end of the Big Lebowski? Oh, after okay. Donnie's yeah, yeah, funeral yeah. starts playing. That's it's been Towns a while since I've seen Zandt. that movie, but yeah. Next time you watch it, you gotta key in on the end there and that's Towns Van Zandt and that's it's finger picking style and his like low tone of voice and um, just it, just him in general or uh, just attracted me to him um, but yeah the dude's awesome. dark lyrics uh, just raw Americana he's just the best of like everything I think our country has to offer because he does country huh. and blues and folk so a little Leonard Cohen-y oh yeah sure sure yeah yeah, I wonder what Towns would have became if he uh, had lived long enough. But he what happened? Never caught popularity. He, you know, he went. He was pretty much active from like '69 to the '90s, and wow. he was just on just low key. Like he's just huh. some guy that probably would play some dive bar in Evansville, realistically. Cult following. Yeah, exactly. Type of thing. Yeah, uh, like I said, huh. he probably made his living just selling songs, but um, or selling the rights to songs. Yeah, yeah. But uh. He died in the 90s of a heroin overdose. Oh. Yeah, and he was... Um, that's taken so many people, so 43, man. so he'd been like in his 50s. Yeah. Yeah, it's taken so many creative people, man. Oh, yeah. Mitch yeah. Hedberg, too. Right. And Well, I don't know if it, that was an overdose, but I think it was a uh, complications due to his heroin use. Sure. Elliot Smith, heroin use. Mm-hmm. Didn't kill him, but... But it uh, didn't help him. Yeah, it, it was probably part of it. I, uh, I don't know that, I guess, right. but I read uh, the book, and it obviously was part of his, you know him digressing uh, both physically and mentally and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah Uh, there's a really good book it's a biography uh, of Elliot Smith called um, uh, Torment Saint by I think it's William Todd Schultz I think is the guy's name and it's really good he went back and talked to everyone really and uh, yeah I don't know if he talked to his parents Mm -hmm. because there's a thing within the within the Elliot Smith's estate like the his his family, anything that includes his last girlfriend 
Jennifer Chiba, uh-huh. they don't allow him like the movies. Yeah, uh, they won't allow his music to be used. The music they have rights to, they won't allow it wow. to be used if she's part of it. That's mm-hmm. why in that documentary, uh, uh, Heaven Adores You, uh-huh. that just came out, and it's on DVD now. You can get it on Amazon. Okay, uh, that's why she wasn't in it because they wanted to use the music more than they wanted her interview. Let me ask you, is that I was going to ask you a question that adds to it. Okay. Did that book or do you think there's any ambiguity about his death? Was was he murdered? Is that why she's not included because they suspect something there? What's 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 up with that? Uh because I've heard like what the he stabbed himself in the chest, right? Yeah. Called her and said Twice. Yeah, and said he didn't call her or something like that, and he did it while he's on the phone or uh, something like no, that. No, no, she was, was the, there. She, well, she was there. She was there, and then they were arguing, and she locked herself in the bathroom. Okay. She was in there. I can't remember how long she was in there now, but uh, she was in there for a period of time. I feel like it was a few minutes. Okay. And then she heard him make a noise. Okay. And uh, because she was interviewed for the book. All right. Because it didn't need the music. Because sure. it was a book. So, right. And uh, so... She said that she came out when she heard him make a scream or like an yeah. exclamation or something, and then yeah. she came out and he had the knife in his chest. And it was the second wound, according to the uh, whoever did the examination corner or whatever. Or yeah, the corner, yeah. And uh, they put that it was undeterminable uh, on the on the actual. Uh, autopsy report I think wow. if it was an autopsy uh, they put I believe it was and yeah. they put undetermined that his cause of death was undetermined which to Elliot Smith fans uh, well I'm not I, I think he probably killed himself but okay. to a lot of Elliot Smith fans it's like well she did it yeah. you know that's proof that she did it but really uh, they yeah. interviewed the coroner okay. in the book and she says that she put undetermined only because of, I believe it was Jennifer Chiba stopped talking to the cops after so long. Yeah. Uh, and she says that she stopped because she was overwhelmed and, you know, she had already told them everything and oh. uh, she didn't want to be berated anymore. Yeah, uh, sure. You know, something to that effect is what she said. Okay. So, yeah, uh, it's, I, I think he probably did kill himself. Yeah. He was obviously a very, uh, well, it's called Torment Saint. I mean, right, that, that yeah. says it right you there. You just listen to his music. There's He's no way. He's a sweet guy, you know, but he was troubled. So yeah. He had a lot of struggles, and, uh, you know, they they got the better of him, you know, evidently. Right. Uh, in some, either way you look at it, they got the better of him. But uh, no. I think they were actually trying to have a baby at the time. They were oh, trying no to, she was trying to get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I I don't know. It's a, it's a really sad story. But when you're a fan of the music, it's like it's not so sad because he yeah. he made some badass music. Oh yeah, he did like seven albums right. worth of awesome music. And I know you have you have one record on vinyl, right? Yeah, the, the self-titled. Self-titled. You collect it anymore? The I haven't actually. It's stagnated quite a bit. Than yeah, my, my vinyl collection too. <laughs> yeah, I do go to like when I hit up a flea market. I'll grab some used. But oh um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have any stand-up comedy vinyl? I uh, I have. Uh, old stand-up i have like uh um, well, yeah, yeah richard yeah. pryor and george Ooh. carlin and lily tomlin Which carlin? um i don't remember the name of it, the only thing that's popping in my head is richard pryor right now so it's dominating my mind okay okay it's like which one of those <laughs> i don't know if i can say it on the podcast without sounding like an asshole it includes the n-word okay that, just, it's like you can that, just say n-word that crazy n-word oh okay, and it's like okay. an, Giant bold letters That's on the, awesome. like, the front of the vinyl, and typical Richard Pryor. Fashion. He was such a bold guy. It yeah. makes perfect sense for that mm-hmm. to be. And uh, 
I have Carlin's An Evening with Wally Londo, Orlando, okay. uh, featuring some some other name. I can't remember the what, full title. But is that a 70s 75, yeah, 75. Oh, it's a great one. It's the one where he does the ape shit bananas joke. Okay. Uh, you know, he's, I know what you're Yeah, about. you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. He, he says, uh, uh, you know, people have funny words for stuff. Uh, something to that effect. And he's like... Um, you know, they say if something's crazy, it's bananas. Mm-hmm. Or if something, you know, if they want to, if they want to be more intense or something, then it's ape shit. Ape shit is bananas, man. Ape shit is bananas. That's a that's a great bit. Uh, and oh, you know, yeah. it's it it's '70s Carlin. It's oh. so random and stonery, and it, he says stuff. "man" a lot. Yeah. And uh, probably had dark hair then too, huh? Probably. Oh yeah, yeah, he did on the cover. It was just starting to gray, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Carlin's the shit. I love Carlin. What was the name of that one? What was An the... Evening with Wally Londo. It's his face on the front. Okay. Uh, and it says that in like a rectangle on there. Uh, yeah, uh, I love collecting old vinyl. I, I can rarely find comedy vinyl. Where yeah. did you find the Pryor Man, the, and the Carlin? The, uh, the Pryor and the Carlin and the Lily Tomlin all came from my stepbrother, actually. And he had duplicates, awesome. I think. So, like, yeah, those were gifted to me. Awesome. Um, I actually have two of the Lily Tomlin I got from somebody Sweet. else who gave me a stack of records. I think it was probably just the the top of the time. It's a weird one. It's like it's something that would be completely lost on our generation or maybe even our parents' generation because the the entire her entire skit is like she's a soundboard operator, which you know when you people used to have to make calls, long distance calls, or just calls in general, they had to deal with yeah. the soundboard operator, which would direct them to wherever they're going. Yeah. So that, that was all it was was her making jokes and doing impressions as a soundboard operator wow weird stuff yeah wow. something but like I, it, I miss most of the jokes because I just don't understand the, the generational humor right is it like a big picture thing though does she tie in certain stories like certain people call her and then that person will call her back and then the, oh, does yeah. it follow oh, a yeah. train there, of yeah, there, like, yeah it's, it could have yeah it could easily have been like a like a teleplay or something like that. Or, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I want to hear that. That's really that sounds really cool. Like, yeah, it's I'm we, sure it's that, weird because you know I don't know what we have today that could equal that, but I'm sure we do in some social media sense where there's some clever social media skit that wouldn't play out 50 years from now. But yeah, uh, oh, <laughs> but, just think of how shit's gonna be in 50 years. That's that's uh, a weird uh, uh, place to go, you know? Right. Yeah, it'll be all virtual reality. Our minds will be uploaded to the fucking cloud. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's something I hear a lot in podcasts. They talk about the future and you know yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I don't know. Uh, are you a big podcast listener? I I, uh, I I casually listen. I'm not. A, I guess I wouldn't describe myself as a big one. I should though to to hone my skills and to pick up and steal ideas. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I've I've stolen a couple. Uh, just kind of sh- not ideas for content, but uh, kind of how to frame exactly. you know and how to right. how to make the show it had to control the conversation man. I listen to a lot of NPR though so yeah, if we're talking about podcasts I mean I listen to NPR like every day because you know as a newsman it's just I do too like they, they're great storytellers so yeah oh the best yeah the top how I don't know how if it's the top 10 but they usually hold several spots on the top 10 uh, iTunes oh podcasts. sure yeah, yeah, they, they, I'm sure they hold yeah. many of the top spots uh, because their shows they just they're hour long shows just turn them into podcasts, and yeah. then it's Terry Gross, her show, what Fresh Air, right? Fresh Air. Uh, she has a you know a shit ton of 
uh, awesome guests. Like, oh, she gets the best people imaginable, man. She gets Pete everybody. Pete Holmes gets insanely good guests. Uh, yeah. Pete Holmes, he's a comedian. Uh, he's uh, got one called You Made It Weird. And it's mm. uh, the theme song is actually incredible, too. It's like a like a spoken word. It's like one person's doing the drums with their mouth, and then it's like a choir of people okay. singing this little tune. That's just, neat. You Made It Weird over and over again. It's really cool, but he has amazing guests. He's had Key and Peele on, both of them, uh. separately, though. Okay. Like, separated by like a year uh. or a couple years maybe uh those both were really good because i'm a nerd i go back and you know years back into certain people's podcasts and listen to them and even podcasts that aren't kept up with anymore yeah. like I, I search bo burnham are you a fan I'm, yeah i like bo burnham yeah uh yeah he to me he represents the like the current generation's carlin uh okay but but with the singing or with the you know uh some people would say gimmick, but with the the device of music as yeah. well as stand up, because well, he tell he does stand up sometimes. Yeah, but it's really structured, and I like that about it. That he does poems, and that he does, you know, it's like a, a this section of the show is going to be this, uh-huh. and that ends up being a track on the album, or you know, a yeah. scene on the DVD or whatever. But okay. Anyway, Bo Burnham, search for him on podcasts. He hasn't done any recently, but he did like several in 2013 okay. when What came out. And he was, you know, trying to uh, promote that. Sure. So uh, he is the best podcast guest. Mm. He's just so uh, introspective, and he just lays it all out there. He has no reservations. He talks about everything. He doesn't. There's not a subject where he's like, oh, I don't really want to talk about that, because uh, you hear that sometimes. Sure. Uh, he's really an awesome podcast guest. Who have uh, in your oh, casual like, listening, who have you heard that? Kevin that, Smith. Kevin oh, Smith's yeah. a fantastic. Just I could listen to him talk about bullshit for all, like all day. Yeah. I would want. I want a my my dream dialogue would be between Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino, so they could just talk about pop Ooh. culture for hours, and I would love every minute of it. I think but, movie making too. I'd want to hear them talk about movie making. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah because I mean they're, I'm for me at least they a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all their movies are are just a part of who I am, I think. And but Kevin Smith, I'm a comic book guy. He has like Fat Man on Batman, so yeah. he talks about yeah, you know, all that stuff. Um, I just yeah, I could just hear him talk about anything probably because he's such an animated storyteller. Oh yeah, <coughs> uh, Kevin Smith is hilarious in more than one way, and I know that's an overused word. Yeah. And I've, I'm obviously I like Louis C.K. So oh he, yeah, he talked about how it's overused, but. Kevin Smith is hilarious, dude. He's he's awesome. Just him, like whenever you know, he was on uh, Hollywood Game Night. I happened okay. to be in the room when that was on. Yeah. And when it came on, and I saw Kevin Smith, Justin Long, and Haley Joel Osment. I think Osment, okay. whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, they were on one team on yeah. Hollywood Game Night because they and did Tusk. Like, yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Oh, it's ridiculous. I saw it in theaters. I had oh, to see you it. Saw it in theaters. Oh yeah, uh, which I, was probably there the for like a week. Uh, but yeah, me and my buddy Casey, we're yeah, we're Kevin Smith people all the way. So yeah, we saw that and oh, such a ridiculous did you movie. Like it? Oh, I, I loved it. I did too. I, I loved it. Was awesome. I'm sure. Like I think people hated it, but like yeah, a lot of people. It was did. ridiculous. I loved it every yeah. minute of it. Gi- <laughs> Giant Depp came out of nowhere. <laughs> he did, and he was awesome. <laughs> it's probably my favorite role of his in a long right? time. Because he's been a Tim Burton weird made-up character for so long. Yeah. He just keeps coming back to that. He did Secret Window, which oh, was pretty man. good. Oh, yeah, and it was good stuff. 
Uh, but but those roles are sporadic for him. No, they are uh, fewer and far between. And he did uh, John Dillinger in that Public Enemies movie. That was pretty good, I thought. It was good, yeah. I saw I that. that. I haven't seen right. it since I saw it uh, the first time, but it yeah, was a good movie. I only saw it once, too. But I liked I liked him in that movie, and uh, now he's doing that uh, Black Mass oh. about... Uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, um, the, Whitey uh, Bulger. Whitey yeah, Bulger. Yeah. The, uh, That's probably going to be decent. And, oh, I'm sure. Well, uh, he looks chilling in it. Yeah, he does. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, Tusk. Yeah. His guy Lapointe is his character in that, right? Yeah, right. And he's so funny. Mm-hmm. He he's like crossing his eyes constantly. Uh-huh. He just like you know his eyes are constantly moving back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's just like man, that's the most committed role he's done in a long time. Like yeah, the most like barring his you know Tim Burton roles, he's just a fantastic actor. I wish oh, he would sure do more of that kind of thing. Oh, he's, he's amazing. Evidently, it's a trilogy, right? Right. Uh, and, yoga po- yoga Hosers? Uh-huh. Is one? Right. I, I think the third one's something to do with Killer Moose. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Moose Jaws. Moose Jaws, yeah. 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 I've, that's one of the Wikipedia jaunts I've been on. Yeah. The Kevin Smith movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know. Uh, His uh, horror trilogy. Yeah. Canadian the, horror trilogy. Ex- yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yoga Hosers looks good. It's got his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter in it. Uh-huh. Right. right. Uh, which yeah, uh, that you know, it may seem if if anyone has stopped listening to this, it may seem like we're just going <laughs> random directions. But that's what I wanted to do. Sure. So if you're still listening, oh, to man, this, we've been all over the place. You'll probably love my podcast because this is what I want to do. It's just start with the the what you're doing and what you're uh, what the guest is doing and what they're into, and then then just kind of broaden it out. Which we're both into a lot of the same things, and yeah. I, you know, we're both musicians, which I would expect. Uh, People who are really interested in music or are musicians are going to be a big part of who listens to this. Sure. Uh, or who actually, you know, gives it some time. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's really, I knew you were going to be one of the first guests that I had that was a musician. Because I started out, I did a few of them with just bandmates. Okay. And uh, to try to get my feet wet a little bit. And, sure. And uh, figure out how to keep a conversation going, which I'm still figuring out. But, yeah. Uh, I like going in, in odd directions and talking about random pop culture or just, uh, you know, because Kevin Smith, great thing to talk about. Elliot Smith, both Smiths, randomly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know much about Patty Smith, unfortunately, so no. we can't go that direction. Uh, you can if you like. If you, if no, you're the, the only Patty Smith I have, I saw a headline, I didn't read the story, but Patty Smith wrote a, this. A song for the last episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, really? Which doesn't really? make any sense. That's yeah. so random. It doesn't make any sense. I don't. I don't know if she's covering the the, the intro. You know. The, oh, uh, that would be awesome. But uh, I saw. I didn't click on the story, so I don't know. But yeah, she's apparently done some song for the last episode. You like Adult Swim? Are you still into I it? I haven't. No, I actually haven't been. I don't have cable. I actually recently just oh, okay. got cable because the apartment I moved into offers it. So sweet. Uh, I was out of the the loop for years for for Adult Swim and. Man, that's just abstract. You it know? is. It is. It's weird. Like Black Jesus, I caught some yeah. of that. that, was, it, that was I thought stuff. it was decent. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it had a lot of random, uh, you know, black actors in it. I uh-huh. felt like it wasn't the obvious. You know, it just had a lot of kind of almost fringe black actors in it. Sure, and I like that about it. That it oh, was. Yeah. It had that one Vine star guy, King King Batch. Hmm. Uh, in it, he was in it, and uh, uh, was uh, John Witherspoon? Was he in it? I don't I'm know. Trying to, uh, Charlie Murphy was right. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I remember some of them, but I'm I'm confusing uh, some of them. I think for like Chappelle or something else that's sure uh, somewhat similar. But that's that's not really a sketch show because it's no. all about that neighborhood and right. you know, which is awesome, which makes it awesome and all the ins and outs 
and just Black Jesus just happens to be there. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Uh, Metalocalypse. Oh, I used to love Metalocalypse, yeah. I mean, I yeah. still do. I, I, uh, when I catch it. those first, yeah. like, three... I think the first three seasons were really what I was into. Yeah. And Brandon Smalls, is that his name? The guy who does the uh, uh, the yeah. writing and the music? I think so, yeah. Maybe I'm... I think Brandon... I don't know if I have the last uh, name correct. I, I can't remember. But it's no, been forever. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's... it's it's just hilarious. It's kind of a satire of just metal in general and musicians, yeah. but like, oh, it's fantastic. But it's got decent metal in it. It really you know does. I mean? <laughs> it was like, man, when that stuff came out, I think I was in high school. And I, like, was, and I was kind of getting sick of metal. Like, it was taking a weird turn. I mean, I liked Lamb of God and System of a Down, but like some of the stuff, yeah. I just kind of got tired of. That new metal kind of crowded it. So, right. You know, crowded the whole genre. Um, but man, that stuff was like. Oh, this is brilliant shit! When I first heard it, I'm like, "This is this is metal." Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. The the sweeping, constant uh-huh. sweeping, right. just, yeah, like just two, just badass guitarists. You can't really hear the bass that much, but uh-huh. it's there. Right. And they make a joke in the in the show. You remember uh, 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 what's the fucking lead singer's name? Now I can't remember his name even. Uh, uh, what? There's no way I'm forgetting his name. I can't remember uh, any of the names other than the. Uh, he's got a. He's got a halfway regular name. His first, the, now I can't remember what it is, but Murderface is the bass player. Okay. And uh, he says we, you know, we just mix out your bass after you record it, and like we just mix out your parts or something like, <laughs> like. But a lot of metal is like that. That's right. that's what I like about some Adult Swim shows are very left field, but okay. at the same time, they they're so relatable in a mm. lot of the jokes they make, and it's it really hits home a lot yeah. of times. Squidbillies. So Squidbillies was fantastic. That was another one I used to love to watch. Oh, I love it too. Yeah. Squidbillies is great. Well, I guess being as a a man from South Spencer Spencer County, you probably (laughs) can relate to some of that Squidbilly culture. Owensboro too, man. Right, Even though it's a city, it's still got a lot of that. Yeah. Everybody listens to to Jason Aldean and stuff, and Uh, it's, you know, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce his name, but... uh, I actually, I'm not sure either. It sounds right. Aldean, Aldean, I don't know. Uh, So, you know, people listen to that stuff, and it bleeds over into the entire culture, you know, and how hip-hop happened the same way. Uh, After hip-hop, after the golden age, uh, or during the golden age, it seemed like everybody was wearing FUBU, and uh, the... The shoes that everyone talked about in hip hop mm-hmm. were the shoes that everyone wanted to wear. Yeah. Air Force Ones, Iversons. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Steve Francis, mm-hmm. his uh, uh, franchises. Nice. I actually had a pair of those. Back oh yeah, in high school. Yeah, nice. Uh, but yeah, it's it's funny how all these things, like they, uh, these different movements happen, and that that can honestly tie back around to uh, the scene at Evansville because. Mm. There are artists here. There are animators here. There are uh, all kinds of different art forms. People making movies. Yep. People making music. A lot of people making music. Right, and there are. It's it's weird how the scene fluctuates so much, but it seems like a, the constant amount of musicians. Like, mm-hmm. the musicianship isn't running out. No, it's it, not. I don't know. What, what do you think? What are your theories on wh- why it fluctuates so much? Have you ever really thought about it? or? I, I uh, guess I really haven't. I don't know. Um, I don't. I really don't know. Maybe. Well, let's uh, let's kind of uh, uh, unpack it a little bit. Like, yeah, let's let's dissect it. Boney Junes. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, yeah. when we were coming up, our yeah. experience with the the music scene. Right. Uh, we're the same age, right? We're uh, I'm 25. Yeah, I'm 26. Okay. So, so yeah, effectively same. Yeah, yeah. So we had the same scene mm-hmm. in Evansville. Uh, so, 
uh, coming up in high school, Boney June's was yeah. that's Boney June's heyday, yeah. and uh, they ran that place so well and yeah. had scene bands coming in and out of that mm-hmm. place every oh, it was week. Packed tight too, man. Yeah, asses to elbows. Yeah, every almost every night for a time. Yeah, and uh, well, every night they had a show, and that happened, Boney June's. Mm-hmm. But then you had. At the same time, I heard of shows happening at Landhucks and, right. and different dive bars, too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just Boney Junes. Right. But the scene, as in scene music, as in uh, all those little subgenres of that thing that, you know, is uh, the easiest term is the scene. Yeah. Uh, you know, like all those pop punk bands, and then right. you had post hardcore bands, right. and you know, grindcore, yeah, slamcore, yeah, all that, everything, shit. all the all the cores, <laughs> all the post and pre's, all that shit, yeah, and all that kind of uh, all culminated into the scene, mm-hmm. and we had that going for a while, yeah, and then that died. It seemed like, like oh, man, almost overnight, nowhere. yeah, it died. Right? Uh, do you think people got tired of that? that style of music or that you know um you know i don't know if it, people get tired of that style of music i could relate it to how evansville treats restaurants oh we get new restaurants and like let's say for instance the stuff on the east side like McAllister's or like the new tom and chi yeah the grilled cheese place yeah those places are going to be packed from here to the till to a year from now yeah like non-stop you can't you're not going to be able to get in there and not wait in line because we get something new, and we go there, and we abuse it, and then, oh, we're sick of it. <laughs> Maybe that's how it is with venues. I don't know. Maybe so. Because um, I, I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead, and I'm not trying to take anything no. away from the guys at PG, but it did seem like they had a lot more um, standing in the music community when they opened uh, and then in the last year, and it seems like maybe now it doesn't have that same amount of strong attendance and I think maybe they're getting some competition oh really part of it yeah uh, that, I mean that's that the, may be part of PG's sure. thing but they're still they're still a, a good place a good oh, kind of underground and they still get great place. bands there great indie original music and they get get different artists and different genres from all across yeah. the country they get weird hip hop guys from Brooklyn and yeah I mean metal uh, too right uh, Gorganthron right. uh, a band that actually used to play here or used to practice here at the Evil Jam Room uh, they uh, they've been there a few times yeah. Running with Tarantulas it's another sure. metal-ish band that plays mm-hmm. around here right that has played at PG uh-huh. uh, yeah they all genres uh, EDM too they've mm-hmm. had oh, EDM yeah. acts there too yeah and then that I, kind of fizzled out too did you notice that the that EDM was, movement that was really cool for like for it was really in like last summer I feel like it was like yeah a big part like I don't know if it was just the novelty of it maybe you know, the novelty uh, like of the that, computer that glitch noises. pop and yeah, all that, that stuff um, and you know I, I, don't, I don't want to talk bad about any musician who tries and just puts either. himself on stage but you know sometimes that stuff can get repetitive and yeah, it starts to yeah. sound the same but um, so maybe it just fills it out because people got tired of it. Maybe that's what happened to the the scene. May, maybe uh, may, that could be part of it because I noticed like uh, Equal Vision Records. Do you remember them? They're from I think mm. New Jersey or New York, uh, up northeast. That's yeah, where I, I don't know them by name at least. Centered. Well, uh, you probably know the band. Some of the bands that were on it: uh, Circus Survive, mm-hmm. uh, The Fall of Troy, mm-hmm. Armor for Sleep, Bear vs Shark. Yeah, like, all these badass bands when they first started out, uh-huh. and then or well, at Chiodos. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That was a scene band. That was yeah. their kind of first foray into the scene, really. Like, 
Fall of Troy is kind of seen, but uh-huh. at the same time, that guy is just a league all his own, okay. playing guitar. You know, uh-huh. I don't know if you listen to them much. But Not really. Fall of Troy. I had friends good. who liked uh, all the like Chiodos and Fall of Troy. The and, album and, like, Doppelganger. Mm. Get listen to that all the way through one time. Okay, that's uh, it's worth that. Doppelganger. Just guitar work wise, okay. it's worth that. Uh, and it's a three piece. The guy, the lead singer, plays guitar, and he's insanely good at both. Really, he's not a bad singer either. Uh, but anyway. All these bands are on Equal Vision. Then, out of nowhere, Equal Vision starts signing all pop punk slash like post hardcore, like a very uh, what's the word? Uh, stereotypical scene bands. Okay. Then that's their whole roster sure. after a while. And then, then now I don't. I think they have like a, just a handful of bands now. Just and they used to have like twenty down too much, I yeah. guess. So maybe that's what happened to everyone. Sure. Maybe. Uh, that that's got to be some of it. Uh, as far as I, I'm looking at it, it's got to be some of it, and <clears throat> that's why, like we were talking earlier, the scene in Evansville is so diverse now. Yeah, maybe that won't happen. Maybe that that uh, right. we're building a system now that that's not going to happen to. Maybe it's more sustainable, mm-hmm. and it just kind of happened organically. Right, uh, because no one thought, well, we got to do. Jam, we got to be a jam band because there's already reggae and indie and pop uh, punk and you know yeah no one we thinks have to be about that it, one band to fill that niche yeah yeah that, yeah that's not how it is anymore right no uh, and uh, yeah like you you made that point earlier and it's a good point I think that that we're a lot more diverse now and uh, it just seems like a lot of people uh, are getting into it. And a lot of younger people right now. Hmm. Uh, like the Pineapple Project is the prime example of this. Okay. Itter played at the Hobo Jungle when it was the Hobo Jungle mm-hmm. uh, a few times. A lot more older people. A lot of older people in there. Uh, the crowd wasn't so young. I was probably the youngest person there oh, at, wow. at the two Itter shows uh, that we did there. Um, but then it changed to the Pineapple Project. And uh, subsequently, Texas T started playing shows then after okay. it changed to the pineapple a lot of young people now like uh we played that oswego festival uh, a few months back in june okay a lot of young people the nice. the show was started with a hip-hop act and then it was us and then it was some other uh, like more pop punk stuff okay. a- except this one blues rock band kind of like uh almost like a, a little bit of a uh oh man uh the, they're a two-piece and this band is a two-piece Cold piece, stairs and no, uh, no, kind of, but no, no, no. That's more like kind of like a folk. That's more folk than what I'm talking about. Okay. This guy was it was an electric guitar. He's playing a Les Paul, uh-huh. real full sounding Les Paul, uh-huh. uh, and then there's a drummer, and that's it. That it was just those two, the Dead Gypsies. That's the name of them. Oh, okay. They're from Owensboro, uh-huh. and uh, they sound a lot like ah, uh, uh, what's that? What's that popular blues rock band that I'm spacing on right now? Uh, they're like a college. A big college thing right now. Uh, oh, um, they got the. Uh, we cover one of their songs in Texas T. I'm like blanking on it. I I think I can see the guys' face in, um, in my mind right now. Uh, one of them's got a big beard, and the other one looks really nerdy, and he wears big glasses. Ah, oh, ah, oh, what is that band? Oh, I I'm freaking out right now because I can't I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally spacing on that. 
You're not talking about the Black Keys. You're talking. That's what I'm talking. You're about. talking about the, the Black, Black Keys. Keys. Oh shit! I thought you were talking about another band. Blues rock band. Yeah, yeah two piece Black blues Keys. rock. Yeah, oh, yeah. Black Keys. Okay. I knew it was a color. I kept thinking of blue. <laughs> I don't know why, man. I just had not memory. the White Stripes. Memory the other lapses. color duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, the Black Keys. Okay, okay. so yeah. Black. They sound a lot like the Black Keys, but they're doing their own thing. They're not mimicking the Black Keys. I think it's just by virtue of them being a two piece. Sure. You know and. Yeah. Uh, they're really, really good, and they played that night as well. And I couldn't see the bands on Saturday, but it was a diverse group. And some of them were coming from Illinois, some of them from Kentucky. Wow. It was this awesome thing that the Pineapple put on, yeah. and that just gives me so much hope in in the Pineapple, really. Uh, it's great that, that they're uh, setting up these things and putting these things into motion and... Uh, Actually, earlier I recorded a podcast with Drew, who works there, and he said that they're going to put in a, a permanent sound system, like a sound system oh, that's, that's catered for that room. Good. And yeah, so uh, it's going to be even more professional uh, yeah. soon enough. And they're really doing big things out there. And I think I'm not. Uh, we started this talking about PG, and I'm not trying to to compare the two because they're both really trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And it's virtually uh, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And if you know, the Pineapple's having a hip-hop show uh, coming up, and they've had metal shows. So yeah. they're doing the same. I mean, it's very similar, the vibe you get from each place. Okay. Uh, and they're both on the west side, but they're, you know, they're spread out enough. enough yeah. So one's on Franklin, and one's on South, South, South Barker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's awesome how it's two totally different things. But they're they're so, they're very similar at the same time, you know. It's, yeah. uh, but they came up at, at two different times, right. and that's part of the reason I'm saying maybe PG is having a little competition. But I think it's healthy competition, sure, because bands can play at both. Yeah, and that's two venues for people to play at right. that have their own regulars, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so it's a weird. And Lamascos is right there by PG, but they right. kind of cater to a different crowd. So. Sure. Sure. It's a great thing we're doing, I think, and uh, but uh, we uh, got to wrap this up pretty soon. But sure, do you have you... any? Uh, uh, is there any? I guess we could, we should probably talk a little more about like a uh, local music to end it. Like, have you? What are some local acts that you've seen or heard of, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, that you would recommend? Um, the two that you, that that popped to mind when you said that. Um, for me, were Thunder Dreamer. Oh yeah, um, Thunder Dreamer's great. Thunder Dreamer's great. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're, they're a great offering for for Evansville. We got a, it's a great band, great group of guys. They got a great sound, very tight. Yeah, um, a good sounding first record. Oh, yeah, the one with the red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. That's, that's a great, great record. So, and those guys are cool, and uh, I hope they do well. And I think they could do well if they if if things if they luck out right. Because I mean, part of that is just. Yeah. Being lucky, you can try as hard as you fucking want to, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, I, they split the bill with a band called Sexy Etc. Oh yeah, and dude, I saw. I didn't. I didn't get Boca. to catch the show, but oh yeah, I Boca. I was gonna go to that night, but I didn't. Oh, I didn't yeah. end up going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're great. You know, I think Zach Zent is the common element between both bands. I think Zach's in both those bands. But okay. He's the keyboardist. I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, for Sexy Etc. Sweet. Um, I like. I like. I like their sound. You know, they're unique. They're, they they have that comfortable, like they still have that comfortable. Oh yeah, I'm familiar with this, but it's new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're they're two good bands that we have right now. They were doing some badass covers that night too. Oh really? They did CCR and stuff. They were doing oh, some nice. awesome stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
uh, the Boca Lounge, actually. I've been neglecting them for some reason. I just haven't sure. mentioned them in my in my podcast yet, I don't think. But Boca Lounge is the same deal. They're, it's in right. kind of an art-driven place. and mm-hmm. they, They've the expanded now. They're bigger. Oh, yeah. As we were talking about it's earlier, nice places are getting there. bigger. And they've like more than doubled their size now. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of awkward to be in there seeing music before. Cause like yeah. I said, it would get Smashed. loud. And then you're so tight. But now it's very open. Mm-hmm. And it's got a nice stage. Yeah. Um, and a whole area for the stage. Mm-hmm. So that's that's right. a nice thing to have. Right. Uh, so are I mean, are all these places that you're gonna uh, once your bands get uh, really get oh, you know cooking? Are you gonna are these gonna be the places that you? Or, or is there a place that we haven't mentioned yet that you're thinking? Yeah, I'd like to play there. Um, you know, I'm trying to think where you know because we wouldn't work everywhere. Um, I think Doc's Tavern is it's a neighborhood bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and they're changing hands again, I think. So I don't oh, know really? what the music's going to be like there anymore. If it's, they're going to be paying bands, because um, that's one place I want. I'll, we the rock band would have fit in fine there. Because, the stage is nice. There oh, too. it's just such a great Huge. stage. It should be it should be a, a more attended venue than it is. It should, yeah. Um, but it's 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 like it's stuck in that neighborhood bar kind of vibe where it's just the regulars who come in, which isn't a problem because they're fun people and they yeah. support the place and they keep it running but mm-hmm. it doesn't have a lot of that extra people just filtering in and out um, right uh, but uh, that's one venue we didn't talk about um, but those are the main ones you know there's not there there are new ones developing but uh, those are the those are the ones if you want people to listen to you and yeah maybe make some cash those are the ones you want to go to yeah definitely I don't know how much uh, they all pay but yeah. honestly for a local scene it's not about that as much right. as it should be about your, you know, uh, just getting out there, right. just people hearing you. Because mm-hmm. if you're being productive, you should have some merch and uh, sure. should be able to sell it. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing, if, if people are into what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, uh, that's one thing though that that we really, I feel like we have to increase with the music scene is how much bands are being paid when they're really productive oh, and good. Yeah. Um, you hear stories. I don't know how much you hear stories from the veterans around here, but I in have. the '90s, man. People were bars were packed and bands were making out with you know thousand two thousand dollars two thousand dollars plus. I mean, yes. and you're talking Woody's. Like, yeah, when it was big. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Nobody gets paid that anymore. And I think Casey's pays people well, and they're, all, they're obviously a well attended bar, mm-hmm. and and but they do cater to a specific type of bands. Cover. Uh, yeah. If you're doing covers, if you're playing those top 200 radio hit covers you know maybe you probably will get paid more just that's the nature of the industry because people are actually dancing to it and they're sticking around because Mm -hmm. a lot of people around here don't like certain genres you know a lot of people won't like screaming a lot of people a lot of people don't like coffee house music yeah so you know it runs the gambit of people's interests like you would imagine right because it's the radio everybody listens to the radio right yeah um yeah (laughs) it it hits that general audience i know what you mean Yeah, yeah, yeah um but yeah, no, man. People don't. We don't get paid enough, you know, for the amount of hours we put in here. I assume you probably pay rent here. I pay rent for yeah. my jam space. Yeah. Um, you know, our equipment's hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. Yeah. Um, and thousands if you add it all together for without a doubt. Then you got practice time, and then you you count the amount of hours set up and break down, and the hours you're playing. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're not paying, getting paid a fair amount of money at all. Yeah. But that's it's how I you know too. I can't. You know, there used to be a, a musicians' union in this town. There's really? Now, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I, 
Huh. Yeah. I'll have to research that. Yeah, I don't know the, the specifics, but I know it dissolved probably in the late 90s, early 2000s, but there was a musician's union. Huh. Um, I don't know. That might have had something to do with them getting paid. So well. Oh, I'm sure it, probably, it did. probably did in some sense, yeah. I mean, you know, but yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see us get paid more. Um, I would too. I mean, I know the... It sounds selfish, but no, it just, yeah, it, it, like you said, there's an a lot of things people don't think about. There was oh man, I can't remember the venue. Actually, I won't. I know the venue off off the top of my head. I won't name them because okay. um, I don't want to be spiteful. But somebody posted one of these Facebook pages like, "Hey, we're looking for a band to play here. Your first gig, you won't be paid. Consider a tryout, and then you can see if you play more." It's like no, if we're playing a first gig, you pay. You don't yeah. like say. Hey, we need a new uh, pizza cook. If you, your first day, you're not getting paid. But if yeah. you work out, we'll keep you around and pay you. That's right. not how it works. You're, no, you're, no, you know, no. we're em- I know we're contractors, but we're employees. You know. Yeah. You, know, you pay. You pay people for your labor. Yeah, and it, you're trying the venue out, mm-hmm. so it should be. You know, I I don't know how you would work that out, but you could even retort with, well, uh, then we're just gonna play one song and see how it works out. Yeah, then, sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> And, and that's what open mic nights are for, right? To see if you if the person likes you. Yeah, you know, that's I, true. I'll come to an open mic night, play a song or two or something like that. Yeah, I'm not playing a four hour gig, not getting paid. Yeah, right. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's exactly open mic nights are for that. I've never thought about it mm-hmm. from that angle, but that is a good reason to go to an open mic. Like Greeks, well, formerly Greeks, mm-hmm. uh, pizzeria. What's it called now? Schwamm's. Schwam. That's I don't know how to pronounce it, actually. It's, yeah, I, I don't either. But yeah. it's not Greek's Pizzeria. I'm not trying to, to keep that going. <laughs> right. uh, it's something else, Pizzeria. Uh, but, yeah, they have open mic nights. Mm-hmm. And that's a pizzeria. And uh, right. they, I think they serve beer, right? They serve beer. Okay, yeah, that's definitely. what I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another another place that should be getting more you know, uh, attendance than it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it, well, maybe. I don't know how successful it is necessarily. Oh, yeah. I've only been there maybe once or twice. Uh, that's one that I don't frequent. I, I, you I know, should. I haven't been there in years. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it may have been a victim of the same scene mm-hmm. uh, fluctuation we were talking about earlier, but sure. Uh, well, yeah. One thing I definitely want to want to end with. Uh, 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 thanks for coming. No, oh, man. For, thanks for, for having it. me. It was uh, a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. It, it really was. Um, I'm. Uh, I guess this is a message for anyone who's listening to this. Go. You're going to be surprised if you actually give local music a chance. Uh, you're going to be surprised at how much you like it. I guarantee that if you actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, think about it and go to more than one show, you're with more than one band on the bill. Even, uh, you know, see five or six bands, you're gonna like one. There's gonna be one that's actually above par for you because we're it's such a diverse community. So, uh, you know, support local music and support your local venues. That's pretty much what this whole podcast is about, is just I want to, you know, get in touch with local musicians and have conversations with them and then, you know, yep. hopefully help to, to uh, make this music scene come back together again. Right. Is that, oh, one thing we didn't talk about is uh, the heyday with Boney Junes. 1123 was also part oh, of that. 1123 so was. Those two venues were. Oh man, they you know, fell about the same time, didn't they? They did, yeah. and that was that scene, right. uh, you know, that came up and went down. And uh, we don't want that to happen this time. Uh, me nor uh, you, I'm sure, but you guys shouldn't want that to come to to that kind of a, an ending uh, because it's it adds to the vibrance of your city right. when you have a diverse. 
uh, community uh, in all the arts, not just music. But I happen to be a musician. That's why I'm. That's my thing. But sure. you know, art as well. And and these different music venues are also doing that too. They right. put, you know, they put art on display. And mm-hmm. I've seen shows where it's a musician and a painter and uh, up on stage, and the painter is you know being influenced by the music. And that's I mean, cool. we can all come together and have have a synergy about this scene if we really want it and it's just a matter of people being interested in it so you know maybe it's not your thing maybe you you'll go to the five or six shows and you don't see a single band that you like sure well then that's you but at least you tried and uh you know at least you put some uh uh temporary faith in in the music scene you know yeah uh it's really that's what it's about is the public support and if you're not a musician if you're an artist, you can contribute to a musician uh, by giving them artwork to use for flyers or for anything else, uh, and then that could lead to a job for you. So right. it's just you never know what connections are gonna you know make you more prosperous, and uh, prosperous could mean money or uh, you know better sense of being. So right, man. It's a it's just a matter of getting out there and being becoming part of the community. Yeah. And uh, that's really what I'm trying to accomplish here. So, uh, I'm Jake the Astronaut. This has been the Tri-State Space Program. <laughs>